0: Now on Sports Talk, it's S.C. Wild with Major Billy Downer of the Department of Natural Resources. Major Downer is here to take your questions about the great outdoors in South Carolina. Give him a call at 888-898-2525. It's S.C. Wild from DNR on the Sports Talk Radio Network.
1: All right, time to go outdoors, if you dare, here on Sports Talk. S.C. Wild with Major Billy Downer from the Department of Natural Resources. And he'll be with us in just a second as we talk about, well, from my standpoint, one of my topics will be what the heck to do to prepare for this cold snap that we're starting to get into. I mean, it's been it's been chilly it's been cold it's going to get like brutally cold over the next uh, couple of days this weekend then it's going to warm back up but the major will have some good ideas about what to do uh throw another quick recruiting note here just to follow back up on that david sanders information i mentioned that was written by evan crowell of a tennessee website i didn't give the other schools but he listed for the player tennessee alabama and georgia as the top schools with Sanders. So that's why I said it looks like Clemson and South Carolina currently on the outside of the three. We welcome in Major Billy Downer from the Department of Natural Resources to S.E. Wild on Sports Talk. Good evening, sir. How are you? A good cold evening it is, isn't it? Well, it is, and that was going to be my my kickoff topic with you because I think we are an a open topic uh, show tonight. And if anybody wants to join us with a comment or a question, the major is always willing to take your comments, your questions, your observations, your praise, maybe even a little criticism if you can come up with some criticism. Triple eight eight nine eight, triple eight eight nine eight two five two five 898 2525 is how you reach the major. So it's going to be really cold here uh, the next uh, couple of nights through the weekend. So just some things off the top of your head and maybe that you do yourself to um, – take defense against the cold outside for things that you need to take action against. What would some of those things be in your mind?
0: Well, I mean, you know, we're talking about around the house, around the farms, a little different. Um, boats, we talked about that last time making sure your motors are all the way down, that you have your foot clear water, there's no water sitting in the foot. A lot of times people keep the motors propped up, water will gather in the back of the prop. If it freezes, that can, that can actually cause problems. So, Lowering your unit, the motor all the way down, so the water can drain out. It's always a good idea. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, from a standpoint, you know, everybody's covering up their faucets and everything else right now for these cold nights. But you know, it's funny. It's South Carolina, we got a low of seventeen coming up in a couple days, and then right behind that, we got seventy-five degrees (laughs) next week. So I I always, always laugh and say, "It's welcome to South Carolina." If you don't like the weather today, just wait; it'll be different tomorrow. Yeah. So. Um, but we do enjoy cold weather when it comes to waterfowl hunting, and we are going to get some of that. Um, it's going to be pushing up north. I know up north of us, looking in the teens, I was in New Jersey last week enjoying some, a little vacation with some other officers, and we were sharing time with a game warden friend of ours up there and just had a really good time you know, just joking, hanging out, hunting a few ducks, and uh, they are going to be in the 10-11 zone uh, this this week here and this weekend, so when that happens above us, typically that can push ducks down, and so we'll see if that does that for us here, a little late season push. Um, Our waterfowling has been pretty good uh, from the standpoint uh, this year in some areas. uh, You know, I've been talking about the coast, and again, just want to go over some of the numbers of where we've been this last report uh, on our coastal Areas are category one areas again, the draw hunt areas. You know, our number one area was at 5.4. There you go, with that point four duck again mm-hmm. per man. That was uh, Murphy Island, continues to be in the lead. Um, total of 86 purge harvested by 16 hunters, and they shot 325 times. One of the things that we'll talk about tonight a little bit more, I'm going to get a little bit more detailed into when we're looking at each one of these areas, is how many times folks shoot, and just which is indicative of how good the hunting may be because sometimes people aren't very good shots i mean um and so potentially they should have all limited out you know the limit's six so pretty much everybody should have limited out there the top duck in the bag uh for murphy island was green wing teal uh, and then after that a really good number northern pintail was number two which is really cool to see and then the shoveler and the gadwall tied at third Uh, at Murphy Island. Again, it just seems like all across the East Coast this year, an increase in pintails in uh, New Jersey. We actually uh, saw pintails there as well. Um, Just seems like, you know, that from a management perspective, we're seeing a little increase in pintails, and that's a good thing, especially when we limit ourselves to one. Um, You know, sometimes we wonder why we limit birds to one bird uh, per man, and, you know, you may have been used to having two, and then you see the numbers that we see this year, it's like, you know, I'm glad to be able to get a shot at one. It's nice. Hmm. Um, so, pintail number's good. Again, that's third on the list. wing tea will be in top at Murphy Island. And right behind Murphy Island, our number two area at 4.7 ducks per man, uh, 28 uh, were harvested there, six people hunting shot 83 times. That was interesting. That was um, Santee Delta East. And I don't think Santee Delta East has been in the report that much. We haven't talked about Santee Delta, um, but East got hunted. And the number one duck there, again, was green-winged teal, followed by blue-winged teal, uh, and then the mallard, of all things, in third place, uh, which is interesting. Uh, not but three birds taken, but with six hunters, that's pretty good to, to be able to shoot a mallard on one of our areas um, on the coast. So that was our second place. And our third place area, rounding out at 4.5, Ducks per man was Cedar Island. So, did real well there. Top duck was green wing teal, um, followed by blue wing teal. And then a uh, three way top for third between Gabwall, Shoveler, and Pintail. So, yeah, and I'm choking up. So, hey, oh, it got me all excited. I got I'll, choked up on
1: it. I'll, all right, you clear your throat. I'll jump in, visiting with Major Downer uh, as we go over uh, the waterfowl. So, now, what's how much longer do we have in this particular season? So, we got
0: a year uh, the end of January, excuse me, uh, to go <clears throat> for our season this year. So, looking at that, um, you know, about two more weeks in the season to go. Uh, pretty much for us as we look at the season moving forward, uh, and again, that's why right now looking at um, the uh, season as we're looking at for today, just just you know where we're at with the cold weather. There's still you know a week or so of good of good hunting days left. Typically, the last Sunday of the month is going to be our last day of the season, uh, and that's going to be looking around the 28th and just verifying that for make sure I'm not. No, i not saying that wrong, but um, uh, so that's basically where we are in the waterfowl season now. We're in the last few, you know, last days uh, as far as where we are for South Carolina, but, you know, a good sign when you look at um, just the birds being that, those kind of numbers on our areas really makes it nice, um, but again, it, again, it's just, it's nice to see the birds like that, particularly when you see pintails like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Greenwing teal we see on the coast a lot. Um, and those are uh, just, you know, where we are. It's January 31st being the last day of our duck season, uh, the last day of January where we are. Uh, so uh, we've got, what, it's a, what, 17th, so we got 14 more days, two more weeks yeah. in a season. So if we get a cold push, it could really make the last 14 days of the season really nice um again we get cold like this folks you know what do you think about when you go duck hunting you know again a lot of our hunting in South Carolina now has turned to private pods in a lot of ways but there's still some good public hunting out there as I've talked about on the coast um and in our in the lakes you just got to do a lot more scouting and I can tell you I say this all the time South Carolina hunters are probably some of the best hunters because you have to compete so hard and work so hard to find ducks hmm. um You go to other states and you just don't see the pressure. When I was in New Jersey, I think I saw one other boat the whole time. Um, Of course, not, you know, the myriad of ducks we have down here as far as species-wise. You're up there looking at one type duck, you know, black ducks is what people go up there for. Um, But uh, when you come down to South Carolina now, we've got ringnecks. You've got pretty good numbers all over. Gavwall's been up, like we've talked about. We saw widgeon up in some numbers and pintails, uh, even on, on public water. Uh, So a lot of different species out there. But as you look at cold weather going forward, um, one of the things to be thinking about, if you're going to go hunting in these next two weeks, particularly on cold mornings, and and, and let me mention this as a guy that has a working hunting dog, one of the things that I am very concerned about, because I've heard of it in the last year more than ever, is dogs dying of hypothermia. And people don't think about that. You think about your lab or your boykin, you know, they're used to hunting in the ward. That's no big deal. They can handle it. They've got that protective coat. And that may be true, but for whatever reason, I think a lot of times it has to do with us as the dog owner. Um, we get lazy. We don't work our dogs out enough. And the few times we get to go, we take the dog out there and expect them to perform like they did when we were working them every day. And you just got to be careful. Um, some folks I know last year lost a boykin to hypothermia, uh, hunting in a wood duck bottom. Literally, not that far out, you know. Always in the water, some on the stands. Uh, but if you get really cold days, like we're talking about in the low 20s, um, and the water temperatures, you know, in that 30s zone, you got to be careful with dogs. you got to make sure that you do what you can. Been a lot of talk about um, the vests with dogs, and I've seen studies on both sides of that. Um, and, and I think it's about proper fit when it comes down to it. So if you've got a dog vest for your dog, I don't think it's a bad idea at all but I think it needs to be properly fitted. That doesn't need to be too big. If it's too big and it's scooping water constantly between that dog and that vest, that's going to keep the dog cold because you're keeping cold water for, always against his chest. But if it's properly fitted, that vest will contain the heat there and help keep that dog warm. Because I know this, when you take that vest off and your dog's steaming, that's not because he's cold. Mm. That's because there's warmth there. Um, but folks just need to really think about that. Make sure you're feeding your dog right. And don't forget water on a long hunting day. Just because you're hunting in the water doesn't mean the dog's drinking the water. So, you know, take some water with you uh, and give your dog breaks. I mean, we um, is, we did that as well.
1: Is there a suggested uh, time limit that you expose your dog to the elements before you say, okay, that's enough, we got to reel him in?
0: No, um, you know, it's dependent upon your dog's fitness level. And that's why I talk about, you know, as hunters, sometimes we get lazy and we forget. The dog's athletes just don't get out on the football field and perform and didn't practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, they practice. And a lot of us or train our dogs. And once our dog gets trained, you know, we keep them in the house. We, they're, they're our best friends and ride in the truck or whatever. And when it comes to duck hunting, we go out, we put them in the boat and we expect them to go work and they may know what to do and they may perform, but if you don't keep them in a good fitness level, they will tire quicker. They will get cold because they're not used to working in cold water you don't build that temp that that just that resistance up. Um, like I said, like any athlete, I think we forget about that. Is you don't expect a football player to walk out the field and just run the ball or block, tackle all those things without practicing day in day out. So your dog, you need to practice. You need to put your dog out there, put him in the water some before the season, keep them in shape. Um, you know, between seasons, so that they're ready to go and can perform at the level you want them to. And quite frankly, they do, because a dog's not going to quit. Mm-hmm. As a vet, veterinarian told me, your dog is never going to quit on you. He's never going to show you pain, hmm. even if he has it. Uh, dogs just love to perform. They love to get praise, and they're going to do everything they can for you and never let you know if they're hurting. Hmm. And that can put a dog in jeopardy um, if it's really cold. So just be careful about that with your dogs. Also, hunting, I always want to say this because in the last year also or two, We've had some really bad fatalities during waterfowl season uh, involving a couple things. So let's mention that and talk about that tonight just to make sure folks are thinking about that. If you're going waterfowl hunting, always remember, in a boat, follow a float plan. We talked about that float plan. Tell people where you're going. Be specific. Let them know what landing you're gonna be putting in at, what area you're gonna be hunting, and what time you plan to return. Again, so that if you don't come back on time, they know to start worrying. Now with the age of cell phones, People keep in contact a lot more. But if you get dumped out of a boat and your cell phone hits the water, you're not going to be able to contact anybody, so the cell phone is worthless. And if somebody's calling you and it's going to voicemail, they need to know where you are so that if they call DNR, we have a starting place to come from to know as quick as we can can how to get to you. Because in cold conditions like this, every minute matters. So if you've already told your family, hey, I'm be putting in at Sparkleberry Land, we know to start there. Or, hey, I'm putting in at uh, – Dumple or I'm putting in at Jack's Creek, I'm, I'm talking about Lake Marion, or over on the other side, you know, maybe um, uh, wherever you may call, whatever landing that may be across the state, tell them what landing you're going to put in at uh, so that we have a starting point if you don't come back. We don't always want to think about the worst, but you need to plan
1: mm-hmm.
0: for the worst, you know, in that way, if it happens, you're good. Don't plan for the best because if it goes bad, you didn't plan for it. So plan for the worst, be prepared. You know, we always talk about life jackets. Wear your life jacket when you're duck hunting. Uh, New Jersey's got it now. You have to wear a life jacket when you're duck hunting, uh, going to and in front of the blind, which is probably a really smart idea. We wore float coats uh, for the most part. And float coats, those things are kind of going by the wayside, but they still make them. And it's a great idea for a waterfowl hunter, particularly if you're in your boat and you're wearing waders, which not necessarily, as we talked about before, a wader will not necessarily sink you. Just because you've got waders on doesn't mean it's going to sink you. If the weight for the water, the water equalizes inside the waders. Um, if you don't have neoprene, if you got the newer style, it's more loose fitting. Once it equalizes, it's not going to sink you. Uh, in fact, you can ball your knees up to your chest and contain air inside those boots. And it'll actually help you float, but it does hinder your movement. So, especially when you got a lot of jackets on and stuff like that, and you hit the water all of a sudden, um, and you come up and you're trying to swim, those boots and all that get in the way. Having a life jack or a flotation device will be a great aid to you. Uh, cold water shock, all those things we talk about. you know, dressing layers. Make sure you wear layers, not just in one big coat. Wear some layers. You can always take layers off if it's not as cold as you thought in the morning as it gets warmer. But put those layers on. That will help you. you know, re- avoid exposing your body to the air, your face, your hands. Wear gloves, face masks, those kinds of things. Always wear a warm hat something to keep that heat from dissipating from the top of your head. Those are things that will help prevent hypothermia. And if you get wet, get dry as soon as possible. I I, I know that sounds stupid, but for somebody, if you fall in, Mm. don't sit out there and keep hunting. Get back to the hill. Get somewhere where you can dry off and get warm because hypothermia can set in in as little as 30 minutes once you've been dipped in the water like that and you're exposed to that water and the air. Again, on a 17-degree morning like we got coming up, or 23-degree morning, or what have you, high-performing can set quickly. So think about that when you're out there uh, duck hunting. Prepare for that when you're in your boat. Make sure you got life jackets for everybody. Wear them when you're going to and from the blind. It's not the law uh, here in South Carolina, but it's a great idea to wear that life jacket because you never know if you hit a stump and get thrown out in the, not- in the morning. All of a sudden, you know, you're prepared a little bit better for that situation if you got a life jacket on or a flotation coat. Uh, they'll help you float. Um, you know, again, one more thing. You know, everybody loves a gun. We pay a lot of money for those shotguns now. Get a floating gun case. They're too cheap. You can get them for as little as twenty-five, thirty bucks. Get you a thirty-dollar gun case for that fifteen-hundred-dollar gun. Hmm. Because most of our guns today cost twelve, thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars. Um, and even if it's not, I don't want my three-hundred-dollar gun to go to the bottom of the water. So get that twenty-five dollars, thirty-dollar gun uh, flotation uh, gun. Uh, bag there and make sure you put that on your gun, put your gun in that case so that if something dumps or even moving around in the boat at the blind, your gun hits the water, it's going to float in that blind, uh, in the bag. So just a couple of things to think about. And again, J- if the worst l- happens...
1: L- let me let me jump in real quick here, uh, Major, because we have a caller for you who has a question, so I hate to uh, break in on your on your no, flow there, but uh, I want to get this caller on. Danny in Georgetown... Is with us here on S.E. Wild DNR with Major Billy Downer. Danny, go right ahead. Thank you for waiting. Hey, Billy, how you doing, buddy?
0: Good talking to you. Thanks for being on the show tonight. What can we help you with?
1: It's good to speak with you again. Listen, I'm just um uh, I I'm one of these guys that puts in every year for the uh, you know for the draw hunts, and they and it has wonderful experience. By the way, I, I've been a number of times on the Santee uh, Coastal Reserve, and Enjoyed it. I wanted to ask you a question. The San uh, Diego East unit and the West unit, I know this past year they weren't on the, um, the draw list and everything, but I think you said that there was a draw hunt on, on that unit. Have those units come back online yet? I know they do you and, and you, your folks have done a lot of work to try to, try to rehabilitate those areas, particularly after these uh these big, precious you know, we had come down the Sankey River, and just basically wipe out your nights. Man, can you tell us about the status of those two category one WMAs? Yeah,
0: absolutely, that's a good question. We had Molly on probably a week, uh, about a month ago, prior to the season, uh, talking about our WMAs. a good question. Yes, the Delta units were off the off the list for a while. They're back on, as we've talked about in prior shows with uh, floods, hurricanes. King tide it didn't feel like it was a hurricane sometimes. These king tides, once we have those dikes breach and you're trying to redo those dikes with the mud that's there, the dirt that's there, and then you have a king tide that we have, you know, as many times a year as we have those now, seems like all the time, it just degrades it that dike and it had a lot. Been a, it's been a challenging environment in a lot of places, Sam Worth and others, but uh, Delta East was definitely back online. Um, they had to hunt there, like I said before. Uh, and they shot some green winged teal, um, blue winged teal and some mallards actually, um, in the bag. Not a lot of hunters there, uh, but we try to, you know, allow some opportunity on these areas to get them back open and do them. But yes. So thanks for that question. It's a great question. Uh, continuing to work. Molly, I know and her and the staff on the coast, uh, Aki and the group there at Santa Coastal Reserve really working hard to keep our dikes, uh, in good shape and try to get them to where they can be, um, They can literally, quote, weather the storm in the future. Uh, So I really always give a shout-out to our staff. They so often do not get the praise they deserve for the work they do during the middle of the summer when it's hot and they're out there dealing with uh, all all these different weeds and and grasses and burning and trying to get things ready for when we come out there in December, you know, November, December, and January to enjoy a hunt. A lot of times we don't understand the work that went on the nine months the year prior to that to get those fields ready. Moving water, uh, with these, like we talked about with the old rice trunks and just uh, managing those systems uh, that have been there for literally hundreds of years. So it's a really good job that our folks do and I can't praise them enough. But thanks for that question, yes, Delta East is back up. Uh, Limited hunt this year some, so it was on the draw a little bit. And we've really seen a really good rise on the coastal reserve you know, for years, for about like 10 years ago, it looked like uh, Bear Island really came back up. And it's doing very well this year as well. In fact, Bear Island's probably the number one place to go kill a model duck, looks like, of all of our areas this year so far. It still has the highest numbers of model ducks. If that's one of your um, one of your trophy items, or, you know, that that uh, that one duck you have not been able to take or find, the Bear Island Springfield Cut is a good unit for that. looks like this year it's just been a... a day in day out been good for model ducks but uh phil that's pretty much i know we're getting close to the end today but that's our show again as the cold water cold weather moves in please be careful when you go out prepare for it life jackets float coats um and again follow that float plan let people know where you're going to go and when you plan to return
1: sounds like a great advice for the next couple of days and then back to your bikinis And you're uh, (laughs) 75
0: degrees. Here we go again.
1: There you go. There you go. Well, you have a great uh, weekend, great couple of weeks, and we will catch you in a couple of weeks. Uh, We'll be into February next time. So uh, rolling right along, heading towards a lot of things uh, this year, including the the Sportsman's Classic that will be here in a couple of months.
0: Absolutely. Coming up, looking forward to that in March. So, yes.
1: Look forward to being there. Thank you, Major. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Major. Yes, sir. Thank you. Major Billy Downer from DNR, another edition of SC Wild here on Sports Talk from the Department of Natural Resources. And boy, we love partnering with them and getting the word out about what they do, get their message out across the state. They do so many great things in our state for hunters and fishermen and and campers just to, you know, to try to protect you, but also allow you to. To just do your thing and have a great time out there, but you got to be careful. You got to follow certain regulations to make sure everybody can enjoy. All right, uh, basketball update a couple things. Uh, Kentucky leading Mississippi State, halftime 47 29. Halftime, LSU leads Ole Miss 35 33. Halftime, Virginia clamping down on Virginia Tech, 25 to 15 at the half. Halftime, Florida State over Miami in Miami. In the first half, Upstate trailing Longwood, 38-26. Halftime, High Point leading PC, 37-33. At the half, East Tennessee State over Wofford, 38-36. At the half, Greensboro leading the Citadel, 38-29. And Furman beat VMI 100-60. That'll do it. Thank you, Chris Bergen, who's long gone. Thank you, Pat Daniel. Thank you, Major Downer. Thanks to all of you. Have yourselves a warm night. We'll see you tomorrow.